Are you looking to engage your donors more effectively and create deeper relationships with them? Well, you're in luck. This episode is sponsored by my friends at Instill, that's I-N-S-T-I-L, a holistic donor relationship management platform on a mission to revolutionize nonprofit technology. Together, we're hosting a free webinar to show you how to manage donor communications in the digital age using technology and social media. Our goal is to build long-term donor loyalty in a short-term world. Learn more at jcsocialmarketing.com forward slash instill. That's jcsocialmarketing.com forward slash I-N-S-T-I-L. See you then. Hello, and welcome to Nonprofit Nation. I'm your host, Julia Campbell, and I'm going to sit down with nonprofit industry experts, fundraisers, marketers, and everyone in between to get real and discuss what it takes to build that movement that you've been dreaming of. I created the Nonprofit Nation podcast to share practical wisdom and strategies to help you confidently find your voice, definitively grow your audience, and effectively build your movement. If you're a nonprofit newbie or an experienced professional who's looking to get more visibility, reach more people, and create even more impact, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Nation podcast. I'm your host, Julia Campbell. Today, we're talking all things branding and marketing. And I have a really old friend with me today and a brand new friend. And I'm so excited for you to meet them both. A lot of you might know Taylor Shanklin. She is a TEDx speaker, a podcast host and producer, and marketing innovator in the social impact sector. She speaks regularly at global conferences such as AFP Icon and the Nonprofit Technology Conference, and she has helped hundreds of organizations tell their brand story in digital channels. Taylor's also the founder and CEO of Barlele, a brand and growth strategy firm that helps businesses and organizations grow through clear storytelling and strategic growth coaching, and I work with them on podcast production. They are my podcast editors, producers, marketers, all those fantastic things. So thank you. And she also hosts the Talking Shizzle podcast. Will Novelli is a creative, talented, and highly motivated individual with extensive experience in graphic design, project management, brand strategy, and digital project coordination. Currently, Will assists with the Talking Shizzle podcast, and he's dedicated to helping others out in the marketing and branding space. He was also recently promoted to Senior Client Happiness Manager at Barlele and enjoys spreading happiness to the world. So welcome, Will. Welcome, Taylor. What's up? Good to be here. Yes. Thanks for having us. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm really excited to have you both on. This is a topic that I think there are so many myths and misconceptions around. And it's also a topic that I think a lot of nonprofits don't take very seriously or they don't truly understand. Um, So let's start out with Taylor. I know you've been working in and adjacent to the sector for many years, but how'd you get started in the work that you're doing right now? And tell me a little bit about what you do at Barlele. 
It's been a journey. I mean, it start, I literally started out in the sector doing web development at one of the technology companies uh, called Convio, which is now, you know, got acquired by BlackBot. So I, I really kind of like just cut my teeth in the space and in digital marketing in general there. I, I spent about nine years there in total and decided that while I was there, I was going to learn as much as I could about different areas of digital marketing, consulting, strategy, the actual technical work and aspect of it. And from that started to it, like that kind of pushed me into eventually doing corporate marketing and product marketing. And then finally, one day I was like, brand, that's what I like doing the most. And that's what I feel like is also very underserved in this market. Mm -hmm. And so helping people determine how to tell their story in a more relevant and authentic way to their audience is something I think I just kind of started to, to hone over the years and then decided, well, I really want to build a company that's going to help small businesses and nonprofit organizations do that better and do it at a price where they actually can afford to hire an agency to help them with it. Because I think mm -hmm. a lot of times it doesn't, it doesn't get done because we're so focused on the revenue and the funnel and the lead gen aspect of marketing that we forget about how important a strong brand is to having a strong funnel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of orgs that we work with, you know, they're like, well, I can't hire an agency to do branding. I just got to get the marketing engine turned on because they think it's unaffordable or unattainable or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't get done. And I just wanted to fill that gap and help people get that part done because it's mm -hmm. going to make the marketing funnel so much stronger if you do it. Absolutely. I agree that it is such an important piece of infrastructure. Like if you don't have the branding pieces in place, where are you kind of pushing the marketing to? <laughs> and how do you even know what your marketing principles are? And how do you know what your purpose is, right? If you don't have that, that brand in place. So Will, you are the senior client happiness manager. Tell me how you got into this work and tell me what you do. <laughs> it's spreading happiness. <laughs> I love that. So term, much by the way. <laughs> I'm happy to, uh, happy to have that uh, recent promotion of mine, actually. Um, it's been an amazing time uh, working with Taylor and her team at Barlele, or at my team now as well, I should say. Um, uh, my background is definitely a long story, uh, a lot of years in project management. And um, during COVID, I was laid off and kind of reconnected with my roots of graphic design, which I originally went to school for. And Taylor and I met on Upwork, and the rest is kind of history. I really do enjoy making clients happy and, you know, seeing their smiles and seeing them when they get to light up and see our graphic design team's amazing, amazing artwork mm -hmm. that they end up creating for people. That's always a, a good feeling. You can't market unless you have a brand. That would be con called confused marketing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I love, well, just being a customer, by the way, <laughs> is the energy that I can feel just exuded through your email and just the, the emojis and the exclamation points. It's very me. It's very on, it's very on brand for me. 
to be that excited, enthusiastic, and, you know, energetic about your work. So I do appreciate that. And that's part of your brand, right? That is part of the Bar Lele brand. And, you know, that's part always about how I've always seen you tailor. So I think it's not, you know, I think it's, it's definitely something that is infused throughout your business. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why Will is notoriously known now on the team and amongst our clients for writing the best emails. Just like these happy emails where yes. I'm like, wow, this is so, it was thoughtful. It was fun to read. It, mm-hmm. I feel the energy from this guy coming through. And it was, it was the first thing that, uh, when Will first applied for the, the initial role that we had for him, it was like the way he composed his email just to me for the job. I was like, well, this is refreshing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like my kind of a person, you know? <laughs> and branding. Yeah. Well, let's first of all, let's start off with what is a brand, right? So many people think it's just a logo, but I think you're, you're also getting into the feeling, how it makes people feel. So in your experience, what is, what is a brand and what do people get wrong about brand building? Yeah, I think, I think a brand is basically like how you're perceived Mm -hmm. by the world. And so it is very much, it's a feeling, it's a look, it's an energy. It's, it's the, the combination of words and visuals and colors and what I, kind of the best way to describe it, an overall vibe that you put off to the world that makes people attracted to you and want to learn more. It's what gets the attention in the first place so that you can start having a conversation. So I consider branding the attention getter and marketing the conversation and engagement piece, right? So like you have to get their attention first by engaging in an authentic way with an authentic brand. And then as you capture that attention, you're allowed the opportunity to keep engaging. And that's when like the marketing kind of comes into play. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think having someone also just like a senior client happiness manager whereas it's not a boring title, it's not your same old like customer service VIP or something shows a lot about your brand and what you're trying to convey and like what you want to be known for and what you're putting out in the world. Because we know, you know, some brands, you think about them and you're not thinking about friendliness. And then some brands, like I'm thinking, you know, Zappos or Betsy Johnson or something, they're just known for their happiness and friendliness and customer service and what they're putting out in the world. So this is where I think nonprofits really struggle So this kind of follow-up question I have is how can a nonprofit really establish its presence and build its brand, especially now when there's so much noise and clutter out there? So I think it's first, it starts with kind of taking a step back and thinking about not just our goals as an organization, but the goals of our constituency. Asking ourselves the questions about what does our audience care about doing in the world? How do we as a nonprofit help them fulfill their life's mission as well? Because that's really why they're engaging. Mm -hmm. They're not engaging because we sat in some boardroom and decided that we needed to hit this particular fundraising goal. 
That's not why donors are giving. That's not why people are volunteering. That's not why they're showing up to your walk or your ride or, you know, your gala. They're showing up for some other reason because it's about like, it's almost like their own personal brand identity, right? Like choosing to engage with particular cause areas, particular impact, you know, focus areas. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important for nonprofits to take a step back and say, why is our audience going to pay attention and engage with us? And then how do we speak to them in that kind of a language, right? I think uh, one of the things that just frustrates me sometimes Mm -hmm. is when, when you kind of see messaging out there, like campaign messaging, where it's like, mm-hmm. we need your help now to make an impact. We must raise $250,000. It's like, really? That sounds like your problem, not my problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Instead, think about the, the difference and perception of someone reading that versus the, you know, you can help feed 10 homeless people today. And see the impact within the next couple of weeks, right? Like yeah. that sort of the sort of thing. And so I think it's like a big thing where we need to take a step back and ask those questions mm-hmm. and develop that story. Story is a huge part of branding. Mm-hmm. So actually, Will, I have a question for you because I know just being a donor or a customer, the customer service is really a huge piece of the puzzle. <laughs> And especially like, say you get, you email a nonprofit or you call them or you go into their particular place and you have this terrible experience. Like, what would you say to nonprofits out there to help really encourage them to kind of ramp up what they're doing in terms of customer service? Like, why is that so important for a brand? Of course, it's always important. I think of the brands that I have an emotional connection with, right? That's like what I, I like to put out there because there's tons of brands that I, I love. There's a toilet paper company called Who Gives a Crap. Awesome, <laughs> oh, awesome yeah, I know them. They donate 50% of their profits to clean water and to make sure people have toilets, which is yep. the connection is amazing. Their marketing is amazing. And I'm sure all of their clients are happy. But yeah, of course, it's important to make sure that your constituents, your your clients are happy and that's why it's so important for that brand presence to have that emotional connection as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's why it's so important for that beginning piece to be very uh, solid and very thought through so that you could continue marketing yourself in that way. Sort of very intentional. Things. Yeah, intentional follow through and follow up with clients. You know, I mean, that's one of the things I think that Will does so well, right? He's just like, very thoughtful in his follow-up. I think if you're a nonprofit and you're just asking for the money and then there's no follow-up or no follow-through, like that's not great customer service, right? Your donors are customers. Like when you really kind of think about it at the end of the day, they want to have that follow-through as well. Just like any, any product company you go and buy a product from as a customer, you want good support and follow-through. How is it any different for a nonprofit? It's okay to be vulnerable as well, too, I would say, and and transparent in your emails and your conversation. If you mess up, say you messed up. Everybody messes up, right? I feel like that's also important in the day-to-day of things. That's interesting that you brought that up because I was reading the Better Fundraising Company 
emails, which I talk about all the time, um, Steven Screen's company, their emails are amazing. Um, everyone should subscribe to their email list, but they were talking about the power of a mistake. And apparently one of their clients sent out a direct mail appeal that was supposed to say, you know, something, oh, a placemat. They were sending placemats out, which actually this is an amazing example of how to raise money. And you would sign the placemat and return it with your check. And then your placemat would be put on like a table or hung in their office. You know, they were a food pantry and they were helping fight food insecurity and they were serving meals every Wednesday and Saturday. So the placemats would be out with the notes from the donor and things like that. So they sent this direct mail appeal that said, return your placemat, but it said, return your placenta because there was a, there was a typo <laughs> in the design, whoever designed it. And they Oops. shipped, you know, 2000 pieces out. But the, what you're saying about being vulnerable and transparent, of course, everyone at the organization was horrified. The donors loved it. They thought it was like the funniest thing ever. A lot of, they got twice as many donations and a lot of people circled it and said, you know, you might want to like actually do some uh, editing and type checking before you send out your direct mail piece. But I think that's so funny because yeah. the brand ended up going out there and, and addressing it and, you know, laughing about it and not kind of brushing it under the rug. So yeah, that's one of my favorite examples, like return your placenta. People just <laughs> didn't understand what that meant, but they ended up raising a ton more money. I love that example. I agree. Like being authentic and just kind of like sometimes, you know, the idea of falling on your sword and like saying like, we messed up, like it's, mm -hmm. but we're human. Exactly. Like everyone messes up. So. So which channels do you think are the most important for brand building? And I know with your clients, you work with a lot of social media channels websites, email marketing, podcasting, how can we figure out which channels are the best for brand building? I mean, it really depends again on your audience and your goals. And I know Julia, you probably tell this to your clients too. I think that they can't hear it enough. Trust me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't hear it enough, honestly, in my own work, but keep going. Yeah. I think don't try to feel like you have to be on every channel because mm -hmm. then you don't do any of them well. So I think I, I'm a big believer in focus and focusing on the right channels. And maybe even it's like starting with one and getting really, really good at that one and then moving on to the next one. I think in terms of overall brand building and brand awareness, I still think there's a lot of opportunity for nonprofits on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we're having more conversations with nonprofits wanting to do more on Instagram and seeing audience growth opportunity there. Because it is a good awareness channel. People mm -hmm. go and like, it's easy to kind of get, if you're doing the right things on Instagram to get found by people who don't know you in an organic capacity. Mm -hmm. So I think Instagram from a kind of brand growth, organic perspective, it's a really good channel with a lot of opportunity still. I also think there could be, you know, as we look at social media platforms and how the age demographics continue to change with them. I, I think that, you know, Instagram really isn't necessarily like a, a real young crowd anymore. And so my belief is like, there's a lot of kind of prime thirties and forties target audience there. Like those, those people that you want to cultivate into that next generation of mid-level and major giving donors. I think it's like, start building a following there. I think 
It kind of depends. Some of our clients we work with a lot of socially minded businesses as well. And LinkedIn is, I would say, kind of the number one channel there where you are a for-profit company, but in the mission-driven space. Um, we're seeing a lot of success there. And I think nonprofits too. I'm trying to push nonprofits more on mm-hmm. LinkedIn and mm-hmm. say like, because a lot of our nonprofit clients are like, no, no, LinkedIn, no. But I just think it's really underutilized by nonprofit organizations. Like think mm-hmm. about all of the corporate relationships you could be building by a professional kind of approach mm-hmm. to the work that you do on LinkedIn and that professional network. And also just as a recruiting tool, like you're always wanting to recruit great people. If you're the organization that is out there doing interesting things on LinkedIn and people are applying for jobs, I think you're going to perk people's ears up a little bit more if you're the one who's innovating and being active and being consistent and showing up. LinkedIn is very underutilized, like you said. The company page feature, they have so many features for nonprofits. I think it's because there's no donate button, maybe. Is that why you think it might be? I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is because it's like it's not about an ask. I think LinkedIn is very much about networking, very much about getting to know people and building a professional relationship with people. And I think it's a great place to bring a lot of value add content to people to start to build a following. So like back to your question about brand awareness, LinkedIn, and for me and my business too, and I've seen this happen for clients who are really intentional with LinkedIn, the amount of brand equity and credibility that you can build on LinkedIn, I think is really huge and uh, still just has a lot of opportunity for people who, who maybe are thinking about it and not mm-hmm. quite getting into it yet. I think there's there's a lot that can be done to share information that right. builds up your brand as a, a credible source to follow. So both of you work in remote teams and you manage a remote team. And I think a lot of nonprofits now are working virtually, have contractors, or maybe maybe they're back in the office part-time, they're back virtually working in a lot of different locations. So how do you infuse this brand into an organization that's not necessarily in an office and together in person every single day? Will's really good at it. Do you want to talk about some of the things that like you do and like our team does? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, the first thing I would say is tools. You want to make sure that all your tools are set up good to go because you're going to be communicating all, on all of them. We use Teams lately. Microsoft Teams is great. I've got no complaints about it. Maybe one or two, but I'll keep them to myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Teams is great. Communication would be key because we're all all over the globe. We email a lot, but uh, we also use Monday.com as our project management software. Yes, I love and, that. Yeah, Monday's great. So you might not even need Teams if you just use Monday.com as well, because you could do all your communicating through there as well. You get to keep track of your projects, all of your deliverables, everything is on there. So uh, strategically speaking, that's the, the number one thing you want to do is make sure your tools are set up. I would say number two is workflows. We made sure that all of our workflows were proper and set up and ready to go. And it's also something that we always go back and look at as well to 
just to make sure that everyone is, you know, in line doing what they need to do. We also email a lot. We have a lot of emojis in our email. We just, we have a lot of fun. We also recently had a Barlele company retreat in Boone, North Carolina. That was a fun time. We just, we do a lot of fun stuff. We promote each other on social media as well, which is uh, awesome. I don't know. What else, T-Shank? What else do we do? I think that's some of the rapport that you can do. I'll add in a few other things. So yeah, huge on process workflows, always like looking to, for ways to optimize that stuff. If something's not working, bring it to the table, say it's not working and why, and let's evaluate it as a team. Mm-hmm. So that's huge in, in this remote environment. I've been working remote since 2007. So like for me, it's been most of my career has been remote mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have been managing teams remotely for a long time and building client relationships for a long time. And one of the things I'll say is when you're on the phone, Zoom can feel distant, right? Like, uh, you're like, it's, it's weird. Like, I'm seeing you, Julia. Yeah. It's just like I've seen you at like the last time we saw each other at a conference. I think it was plan- philanthropy or icon. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think so. And, but like, it's like this flat version of you on a screen, but it look, you know, so it's weird. But I think, so I think that can kind of throw people off and make it feel less. Human, And one of the things that I think helps so much, but a lot of people don't want to do this in their meetings. They want to cut to the chase, get right to the meeting agenda. I don't actually think that works long term with building rapport, either with your donors, your clients, your team. Mm -hmm. I think that having a little bit of fun, having a little bit of banter, talking to each other like real people and not just in this, we're just here for work all the time is very, very impactful. And I've had bosses before too, where they're like, Taylor, cut out all the banter, you know, but like (laughs) it helps. Like it's, you know, it's, I mean, you can go overboard. Sure. But like a little bit at the front of a phone call, a little bit at the end of the phone call, like talk about, you know, like we like to get on the phone and like to like Will does funny dad jokes or, you know, like, like we laugh with our clients a lot. Maybe other people would find it inappropriate, but I don't know. I actually think we have great client relationships Mm -hmm. because we actually laugh and talk about stuff other than just the task list. And then we get into the task list and we get the work done, but we also come to the table like as, as real people and as friends. That's a very interesting point because so many nonprofits are very worried about being professional and not coming off as unprofessional or not coming off as casual when of course we know in marketing being a little bit casual and friendly that works to really like you said build a rapport but also help people truly understand that there are people behind the messaging that it's not written by a bot that it's not written by you know chat GPT, like that your email is actually written by a person or your social media posts are written by people and the work that you do translates to people. I guess then my question would be, how can nonprofits get out of their own way in terms of this, like always wanting to stick to the brand voice? And actually I did have, I've had a few people on the podcast talking about, you know, how you can kind of mix up your content communication, certainly if you're dealing with a very serious topic and it's a very serious email, that's different. But how can we get nonprofits out of their comfort zone? How do you get your clients out of their comfort zone? This must happen all the time. I know. <laughs> yeah. I Yes. I've written some uh, fundraising emails 
that went to the board and the board immediately was like, nope, 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 nope. And I'm like, well, this email is the most boring email ever. (laughs) And I don't want my name on it now. Transparency helps there too, right? Transparency helps there too. I used to find talking about like your past maybe helps. Like I used to work at a big tech company. I used to run a dating service for chickens, but it was, you know, we were struggling. We were struggling to make hens meet. You know. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, wait, we need to do a whole podcast about that. Yes. <laughs> I had to sneak it in somehow, but um, that was amazing. I cannot wait to tell my uh son that. It's amazing. That was a good one. Nice job. <laughs> it's good. So we do absolutely run into that. Oh, it happens. It is a challenge. Being a branding agency and the fact that, yes, people like the whole point of branding is differentiation. People come to you. They're like, help us, help us stand out. And then we help them do that. And they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to be this bold or stand out this much. Right. And it definitely happens with nonprofits more so, I think, than the the for-profits that we work with. Although it happens there too, but it's just a little bit different. We help people take baby steps. We, I agree with Will, transparency. I mean, if some, sometimes it does get to a point where I just say like, this is a bad idea. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I would Mm -hmm. just say it like that and be Mm -hmm. blunt. And if they fire us for it, well, then I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I couldn't help them that much anyways, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or they come back to us. So I've had this experience before where I've literally told someone like, you're just really getting in your own way here and you hired us to help you. And we're saying the exact same thing you've been saying the whole time. I don't know how to help you anymore at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And we kind of like, so why don't, why don't we like take some time to think about it? Then they'll come back and they'll be sometimes they'll say, No, we do need you. You're right. We are saying the same thing. We've always been saying, you're right. Okay. Okay. Help us. And then it's not working. If you're all, if you're only saying the same thing over and over, it's not working. Right. And so sometimes it's just, sometimes you just get there quick and it's like the magical light bulb turns on right away and everyone's just like, yeah, this is it. We love it. And then sometimes it's just a process and it's baby steps and it's a little fine tuning here, a little fine tuning there, a little fine tuning there. And we do have an organization. We've been working with for some time and helping them with a lot of content marketing. And there's there are some new, more edgy ideas that we've been putting in front of them lately. And it's been a little bit like, Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. we kind of get it, but it's maybe a little edgy. And so we're kind of like, okay, well, then let's we, – we won't be quite that edgy yet. But how about this version? And, mm-hmm. like, that's getting more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it is about – and that's where we have to know our audience and where they are and meet them where they are a little bit too and help push them forward incrementally. I see that as well in my work, helping push people not into doing something that they're going to regret, but something they might not have thought of or right. not thought that they were capable of. Because when you think of a brand, I mean, think of like progressive insurance, think of the commercials that you remember, I always think of ads. I mean, I don't really see a lot of commercials anymore, but when you see a commercial, you remember, you see an ad or you see something in the newspaper, you see a billboard or you see a social media ad, a social media post. It's always going to be something that 
did something a little bit out of the ordinary because it was memorable. So I feel like when I talk to my clients about social media marketing and I say, oh, you should do Instagram reels or you should explore TikTok or you should do stories or you should go live. And they think, oh, well, that's not very on brand for us. I think you can infuse your brand into any of these tools and any of these channels and any of these methods of communication. It just means, you know, these are all just tools. It's not off brand for anybody to do an Instagram reel. It's just if you are a more serious organization, then maybe you do a more serious reel. You don't have to do a dance. You don't have to do, you know, whatever challenge is on TikTok right now. That's the big um, pushback I've heard from a lot of nonprofits is, well, we can't get on TikTok because it's all silly and it's all entertainment. And I said, no, if you really look, there are a lot of climate justice organi- like organizers on there. Oh, I bet. There's a lot of like racial equity organizations talking about serious things. And I think um, people tend to have misconceptions about how their brand will translate on these channels. I'm sure you see that too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I do mm-hmm. think that it is about like also helping them to feel comfortable with that's kind of where the world is now too. And so like the platforms have changed the the communication channels are continuing to evolve and people like humanity is continuing to progress and evolve. So if you as an organization don't progress and evolve with the rest of humanity, like you will be left behind at some point. Your, your, your current same old, same old take might work for long enough, but what is sustainable? Right? Oh, absolutely. Well, on that note, I want to hear about how people can find out about Barlele, find, follow you, Taylor, um, and Will, where can we find you online? You can go to barlele.com. It's B-A-R-L-E-L-E.com. So we have an agency, Barlele. We do a lot of social media production, podcast production, and brand strategy work there. We also launched a new spinoff service called Creative Shizzle. It's creative and then S-H-I-Z-Z-L-E. Yes, mm-hmm. we did name a product line, Creative Shizzle. And uh, Certainly <laughs> unforgettable. Yeah, there you go. It's we memorable. So we have graphic design subscriptions services to make graphic design affordable and accessible to a nonprofit with a, a small budget. So check those out. And then find us. Will and I are both very active on LinkedIn. So I'm Taylor Shanklin on LinkedIn, William Novelli on LinkedIn, and Will. Where where else? I, I would say LinkedIn. Yeah. I've, I've been creating some content on LinkedIn lately. There's a lot of content creators on LinkedIn who just write on there as well. We're trying to break into that bit. <laughs> but yeah, hit and me up. merchandising. Yeah. As you can't see, Will's sweatshirt right now. It says Creative Shizzle. <laughs> oh, it says what is it? Hashtag that's Creative Shizzle. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and the podcast. Tell me about the podcast. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah, we have a podcast. So Will and I host our Talking Shizzle podcast. So if you go to creativeshizzle.com, there's a place on our website with all of our Talking Shizzle episodes. So we we focus on growth stories, talking to entrepreneurs about different marketing topics, fundraising topics, nonprofit leaders, um, kind of talk about a, a variety of things, you know, kind of based around 
how to focus and what are trends and you know if you're a small business or a smaller organization like what do you need to know right now in the world of marketing and sales and brand building and all that good stuff all right will do you want to leave us with another joke <laughs> i'm sure you got uh, one yeah definitely uh what type of doctor is dr pepper oh gosh he or she is a physician physician oh i was <laughs> Yeah, I could tell that went over both of our heads. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Also, side note, I love Dr. Pepper and Lucky Charms. So now, based on our previous conversation, um, I'm going to now have to get my junk food fixed. But um, (laughs) thank you both for coming on the podcast. This was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, hey there. I wanted to say thank you for tuning into my show and for listening all the way to the end. If you really enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app, and you'll get new episodes downloaded as soon as they come out. I would love if you left me a rating or a review because this tells other people that my podcast is worth listening to. And then me and my guests can reach even more earbuds and create even more impact. So that's pretty much it. I'll be back soon with a brand new episode, but until then you can find me on Instagram at Julia Campbell, seven, seven, keep changing the world. You nonprofit unicorn. Mm-hmm.